Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So, I have an issue with taking on board the emotions of other people. If I see a face, like a like a like a specific look, or there's a specific tone that's used at times, and I'll go into when, but I struggle. I struggle to not take it personally. Now, this has dire consequences for relationships because it causes me to second guess everything. It causes me to turn into, well, get a bit beta, so to speak. Rather than being confident and acting, I sort of get withdrawn and sort of reactive. It makes me want to just do everything I can to ensure that the other person is okay. Now, don't get me wrong, that sounds and is lovely in a sense, but only when done with an energy of confidence and from a place of internal safety and security. Because what happens is, if I'm in a bad state, if I've had a bad day, if some bad thoughts are going through my mind, if I'm you know, having a bad trip, if something's going wrong, and I see or hear that tone or that look, it feeds into my negative thought patterns. It feeds into a history of neglect and trauma. It sort of triggers me, for lack of a better expression. And then I go into this rumination cycle, this idea that people are going to leave, that I'm all alone, that I need to subjugate myself to help them, to be more for others, to to sort of put myself aside. And thus, I'm there just doing my best to ensure that the other person is feeling better, that I need to clarify what I saw to sort of rectify that tone, to put them in a good space. But if you imagine what this looks as from the external perspective, it's um it's not pretty. It's 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 uh it's a bit toxic because well <laughs> it it's it's hard to rectify someone's emotional state when they're not truly in it. Because the fact is is I'm reading way too far into these subtle signs. This could be with my partner, with my boss, co-workers, clients, people on the street, chicks I'm flirting with, whatever. If I'm reading too far into things, I might be, and I am, interpreting stuff that isn't quite happening. So my response to, quote, try and fix it, end quote, isn't appropriate. And thus, it causes a bunch of duress. It causes a bunch of issues. It just leads to a space that isn't isn't functional, isn't just good. <laughs> so what I've learned over time is a couple of things. There's a sort of internal energetic feel that that space has. And I know that when I'm in that space, that I'll typically be misinterpreting things. I'll be putting bad thoughts into my mind. I'll be looking at stuff and being like, oh, I'm at fault or I'm thinking I'm at fault. But the reality is, the logic is that, well, no, I'm not. I'm not at fault. What I'm doing is I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the crazy. I'm being odd, awkward, whatever it is. I'm triggered. And if I can recognize that I'm triggered, I still look and sort of feel impacted by the tone or by the look or whatever. But I can 
use that logic to help move on. The second, second thing I'm doing is saying to myself, if I see someone else's emotional state, or I think I do, saying the, the, the sort of power phrase to myself of, these emotions are not mine, or their emotions are not mine, or your emotions are not mine. Growing up, I a few few things happened. I was sort of put into an adult responsibilities as a kid, trying to fix problems that I shouldn't have even been exposed to. I was also in my father's house with the the addicts and the, the the dealings and the sort of erratic nature of all the people coming over. It was unsafe. I felt like I had to navigate the emotional states of everyone else around me. I was hyper aware of their emotions because they were volatile. I was terrified of them just flipping out and hurting us. So I sort of had to be very aware of what everyone else was doing all the time. And what that led me to do was sort of subjugate my own emotions in place of what I could see other people doing just to sort of maintain the peace. It worked as a survival mechanism at the time, but it's not an ideal space to live in, right? So now, now as an adult, I still do that, but my life is safe. The people around me are calm. It's, it's not, I'm not responding to something that's happening in the moment right now. You know, and this, this same sort of thing is happening in terms of feeling like people are going to leave me. It's like, oh, this person's going to leave and I'll see signs in it. I'll listen to their words. I'll see the tone. I'll look at the voice. I look at the face and, and it's like, oh, look, there's evidence. There's proof. People have left me in the past. I'm all alone. And then what happens is, is I sort of cause it to happen because I'm seeing it in other people. It's it's not real, but it's sort of me being triggered and then sort of backwards applying that to what's currently happening. And obviously this causes a bunch of relationship issues. Why develop deep relationships if people are going to leave? Why trust people when people can't be trusted? Why open myself up when I'm vulnerable to their attacks back? You know, there's, there's a lot going on here. And it's, it's hard, it's challenging because, you know, when people want to be let in, when I want to let people in, it's, it's hard. I don't have that sort of process. I've struggled to maintain relationships because of this. So, you know, there's, there's a few responses here. Obviously, if I'm noticing this crazy happening, I can take a step back. If I see other people being emotional, it's very easy to fall in and try and fix the problem. Whereas what I've learned to do is now, it's like, okay, that's your emotion, not mine. I can help you, I can guide you, I can listen to you, I can be that sort of lend, hold space for you, but I don't need to take on what you're feeling. Just because you're feeling sad or angry or tired or whatever it is, I don't have to. I, and it's okay for this, it's okay for me to be happy when you're not happy. My happiness doesn't take away from your experience, and your experience doesn't impact my mood. And obviously I will, you know, it's not a hard line, like, you know, if something bad happens, you do get impacted by it. But I'm talking at an eight. There's this sort of issue that like, you know, you might have a problem that's at a level two and I take it like it's a 10. That's not appropriate, you know. I um, uh, I found that if I overstate people's problems in my mind and try and fix it, it's like every problem's a 10. There's so much stress there. Every problem isn't a 10. Some problems can be ignored. Some problems will fix themselves. Some problems you just need me to listen to you. Some problems you might ask for advice. But most problems aren't, 
All hands on deck. This is crisis. We've got to fix it right now. Most problems aren't like that. So they shouldn't be treated internally in my mind like that. And thus, if I'm responding to things appropriately, I'll actually come back from a more confident perspective, more solid and more grounded perspective. You know, I want to be able to help you from a place of security. I always say this. I, you know, guard your mental state at all states. Guard it both from external impact, you know, cut the toxicity, but also make sure that you're not overstating things, that you're not taking on other emotions. This is where I'm at. And I've been, I've been having this problem from, like, my whole life. I look back over all of my relationships since I moved out of home. Moved out of home at 16, and then I look at the relationships I had, and these same problems keep arising. These same problems keep coming of, you know, misinterpreting emotions and fighting because of that. You know, if I think you have an emotional state and you don't, then there's conflict and clashing here. And that will cause you to have an emotional state and your responses will cause me to have an emotional state. Now we're talking through each other and both trying to help each other. Because the thing is, is people, people fix, fine, sorry, people that have similar past and similar issues. So I look back over my relationships. I'm like, oh, you guys have had similar, not the same sort of pasts, similar issues of neglect or abuse or or just sort of just wanting what I want, right? And it's funny, the people I connect to, I talk for a while, and it's like, oh my God, you've got almost the same past as me. You know, obviously your own flavor, but very similar traits. And it's it's always hilarious to me that, you know, I connect and click, and there's I'm thinking of a couple of new additions to my life that are good eggs. And then I discover, and we're talking, and I'm like, oh my God, you know, you had these issues with your parents. You had these issues with, with you know, your past. This is what you grew up with. And they're very similar. So it's like, that's great. And we connect. But the problem is, is that now we're doing the same issue that I'm doing, overstating, being hyper-emotionally aware, reading into emotionality too quickly, going down these paths, having the same sort of similar crazy thoughts. And then we fight. Why do we fight? Because we're bouncing off each other's crazy. So the way to do this is to step back, to meditate, to to use the implementation of logic. It's like, oh, I'm doing that thing again. It's to to say to myself, oh, these emotions are yours, not mine, and that's okay. To hold space but not become the space, right? It reminded me of a poem. An ex of mine years ago, we fought, we both had issues, but I did not handle the situation well. Had I have been myself now, I would have acted and responded and been significantly more mature and a different person. And I regret um, how I acted, particularly in the breakup. It was not great. I was emotional and I couldn't handle it. But one of the things that was said to me was, do you love me? Which is the idea of me. And that was quite profound. And at the time, I'm like, no, I love you. But no, it was more that I had this idea in my mind. Because, you know, part of the issues that I have is this control. I want to sort of control things to keep it safe. And once again, throw back to the past. Life was out of control, so when I could control it, I definitely made sure to control it because I didn't want that volatility. But the problem is is that that made me want things and people in my life moving forward to be a certain way. But people can't be that way. They can only be themselves. And some of the things, most of the things I wanted, or like, you know, you want from someone, you want to have them connecting in a way that works for you and that you gel with. That's, of course, normal. But there's going to be things that don't quite work. And that's okay, too. You've got to accept the good with the bad. And that's one thing that I'm working on. But anyway, that idea formulated a poem. Do you love me or just the idea of me? So I'm going to read it to you now. Do you love me or just the idea of me? I may be your dream girl, but I am real. And that reality is different from your fantasy. 
How often must we fight, just to clarify, that you expected me to speak differently? How many tears must fall just to realize that you expected me to be something I'm not? If you love me, please drop your expectations and open your eyes to the real me. My body has blemishes. I will lose my temper. I judge unfairly. I get things wrong. I'm not perfect. No one is. Unless, of course, they're just a dream. Now that poem, or that phrase, do you love me, or just the idea of me, obviously stuck with me. You know, there's things in life, good and bad, that sort of reverberate into your future. Things that you replay. You know, it might be some amazing experience, some great sort of fun adventure. But it's also words of wisdom. It's also stories. It's also poems. It's also words spoken during a breakup, right? Things stick, and they proliferate. And they respond and they they grow and they continue to teach. And this is something that I'm working on because I've applied those words since they were spoken to me to, to everything in my life, really. Like, you know, am, am, I, am I making up a facade around a person or a thing or event? It's very easy to, to try and connect with someone new or join a new club and only see the good things. You know, that idea of the, um, the honeymoon period only to just sort of realize like, Oh my God, these bad signs aren't that great. So, so thank you for, for that advice because it saved me a lot of dramas because I've looked at, or I've, it sort of caused me to detach, to step back and go, Hmm, am I putting a view upon someone that isn't fair? Am I idolizing them? Am I not seeing reality as it is for what it is? Am I trying to twist things? Is my issue here because of them, or because of something going on inside of me? It's a massive uh, tool of detachment. So, yeah, I hope this podcast has given some food for thought. If you if you can relate to this experience, let me know. Connect with me on social media, or you know, hit me up on the website or wherever you wherever you can and. Connect and chat because it's it's important to to see reality as it is for what it is. It's important to 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 live in the real world and sort of step back and not be sort of hypercritical, hyperjudgmental, or over emotional. Because to do so doesn't help anyone, and it's 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 being very defensive. I prefer to be on the front foot, have the open and honest communications, but in a calm, controlled, and caring manner. Not in a, oh my God, I'm upsetting you to, that energy just doesn't help, but it's born of past trauma. The last thing I want to leave with is a, a sort of a discussion of EMDR. I'm in the process of the lead up to EMDR. And basically this is, this is a, a sort of a therapy that helps you sort of get over these sort of hangups. And one of the, the things you've got to do is look over your past memories for significant events, and it might be a bunch of memories all combining, or one single event, but it leads to you feeling a certain way about yourself, and you've got to sort of come up with an I am statement, and it's it's a, like a negative statement, something you want to be able to sort of reframe the memories to sort of fix your future, fix, 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 the, fix how you're looking at the present moment, and the ones that I've come up with based on my past is, I am alone, and I am responsible. Because of a bunch of memories based on my past, and if you've read my books or listened to this podcast a while, you sort of get an idea of where I'm coming from here, but I've felt quite alone 
And I felt responsible for myself and for other people in ways that I, I definitely shouldn't have. And, you know, it's coming to those two statements has been quite hard because it's like, you know, you, you review these memories, you review the events, you sort of try and look for a common thread and how it's impacting you. And it's terribly sad and confronting because it's like, hey, like, like you know, it's, it's sad to look back upon your past and go, oh, I do feel alone. I do feel responsible for everything. And how's that impacting me now? But on the positive side of things, it's information. It's like, oh, okay, I'm feeling alone. That means logically I do tend to not look for people's help or guidance. I tend to try and do things on my own. I tend to sort of not ask for assistance when I should, when I should, because it will help me. I feel responsible, but you know, that's, that's, that makes me realize that I'm hyper responsible for things. I can step back, cede responsibility. I can let go of responsibility and I can realize that I'm sort of taking responsibility for things that simply aren't anything to do with me. I've just sort of made it up in my mind because in the past I had to. Now, I'm only starting the process, but it's, it's already providing benefits even before the actual, you know, EMDR therapy, the eye movement based stuff. It's already working. So I'll keep you updated on that because this process has been good. And I know a few of you have been asking me about the process. So yeah, look into it, check it out and I'll keep you updated. And the final thing I want to remind you of is to rate and review the podcast, share it with people, just tell people about it, build up the community that way. And, um, check out my other podcast, the Kinky Conversations podcast, because that's going, it's exploding and it's great fun. So anyway, check that out. You can find it everywhere. I'll see you next time.